you would turn to Mark chapter 5. In order to get the whole context of Jairus' life in this incident, I'm going to begin back in verse 21 and then read all the way through verse 43. So please give attention to the holy, infallible, inerrant word of God. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years, and who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, And she said, if I touch even his garment, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. And the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John the brother of James, and they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. They laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child lay. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Tamatha kumi, 
which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, and she was 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, this before us is a story of encouragement and faith. May our hearts be those that are encouraged and may our hearts continue to be established in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. What does true saving faith look like in the church of Jesus Christ? In the true believer? Prior to the fifth chapter, Mark has given only one vivid picture of saving faith. It appears in the paralytic and his four companions who brought him to Jesus there in chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. It is the first time in that context that Mark uses the term faith. In fact, the word faith appears first upon the lips of Jesus, commending the paralytic and the four in verse 5 of chapter 2. Jesus is the first to identify saving faith in Mark's gospel in the context of him preaching the gospel of redemption. These five persons exercised their faith, their complete trust in Jesus' gospel kingdom for their spiritual and physical needs. From the perspective of Jesus, the premier need of the paralytic was not Jesus healing his physical problem to walk, Rather, the paralytic's premier need for entrance into the kingdom of God was the forgiveness of sin. As Jesus is pressed on his divine authority to forgive sin by the Jewish scribes in that narrative, Jesus exercises also his authority and power as the Son of Man. To rise, take up your bed, and walk. Chapter 2, verse 9. Jesus uses resurrection language that enables the paralytic to walk. To be the consummation 
of his faith. The next time we notice saving faith in Mark's narrative also comes from the lips of Jesus commending a woman's persistence and determination of seeking and reaching out in desperation to touch the object, the object of saving faith, to heal her bleeding problem for 12 years. A woman who he now calls daughter in his kingdom. Now, We are about to see unveiled the faith of a ruler in the synagogue, Jairus, there in chapter 5, verse 36. The woman and Jairus are extraordinary in the flow of Mark's gospel. Grasp the flow of the narrative so you understand the importance of faith in Jesus in your own life. We have recently seen that when Jesus rebuked the wind on the violent sea, Jesus proceeded to admonish the disciples. Have you still no faith? Back in chapter 4, verse 40. These hand-picked disciples are struggling with the identity of Jesus. Even with the woman touching Jesus, they barked back at Jesus that they had no idea who had touched him. At this point in Mark's gospel... The leadership among the Jews have been angry with the claims and the activity of Jesus. Jesus is offensive to their version of Judaism. Although large crowds have gathered to hear him preach, heal, and cast out demons, there is really no indication that they truly understand the identity And the gospel he is revealing. Congregation, let me mention a sidebar at this point. About the large crowds that have been pointed out in Mark's narrative. Following Jesus. And this may be very extremely offensive to the American way of life as well as to our sinful, fallen human nature. In fact, this may reveal how clearly you understand the flow of God's revelation in the Bible dealing with humanity as well as the children of the covenant. Specifically, how you respond may reveal in your heart how clearly you understand the very core of the gospel as a suffering pilgrim in this world. Are you ready for the statement in terms of this sidebar? Do you understand the very core of biblical revelation in your own life. 
Here is the statement. In terms of the history of biblical revelation, if you side with or if you are in the majority, you are usually wrong. Do you know your Bible? Do you know your Bible? I used to impress this strongly upon my students in the classroom because they're going to go out into the world and they think even within the church of Jesus Christ that the majority, those who are successful, are always right. That's the American way of life. That church has 5,000 people. We have 100. They must be doing it right. Biblical revelation is contrary all the way through from Genesis to Revelation concerning that worldview. Now, really think and reflect. If you have followed and participated in Jesus' ministry thus far in the first five chapters of Mark, of the Sea of Galilee and surely as he was asked to leave the western side Mark's picture is that Jesus' ministry thus far is bearing little concrete perceptible fruit and when it does when it does Mark includes unique persons that appear out of nowhere to interrupt the flow of the narrative. Hence, two examples out of nowhere are presented to us from this crowd. Only two examples are being presented as possessing saving faith in Jesus and the gospel out of this vast crowd. The woman with the bleeding problem and a ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, whose daughter is dying. Oh, at this point, as we see just these two examples in the midst of this vast crowd, we ourselves, we thirst, do we not? We hunger for those uplifting stories of saving faith to refresh our faith, to reflect upon our personal faith in Jesus as we live in his church and as we live in the vastness of this world. Since it has been a few weeks 
Let us review Mark's description of Jairus and the woman. When it comes to the operation of the kingdom, humans are powerless. Jairus' daughter is terminally ill. The woman's bleeding disorder has been incurable from the medical profession. This point is especially strong in Jairus as Mark has unfolded the ministry of Jesus in evangelistic action. The hostility from the Jewish establishment has been pronounced suddenly out of nowhere. Their sole ruler, this sole ruler of the synagogue appears. He has a position of high standing and importance in the Jewish religious and social world. He can afford a house with many rooms. He has a family and he has many friends. This man of power, Jairus, has now been exceeded by something which he has absolutely no power over. The power of illness that has infected his daughter and left him helpless. The Greek text in verses 22 through 23 expresses the desperation he feels. The prospect of death to his daughter is beyond his ability to do anything. Participate here, congregation, in the power of Mark's text. As you think of the hostility that the Jewish establishment shows thus far to the gospel of the good news revealed in Jesus' ministry, Jairus shows no regard for his social rank. Amazingly, this prominent synagogue official comes right before Jesus falls before him in front of this large crowd following Jesus. Surely many in the crowd know who this actual person is. They know who he is. You talk about making a scene. You talk about someone who is denying himself for the sake of pursuing Jesus and his kingdom. You talk about someone who is willing to receive persecution from his fellow rulers in the synagogue for one who will not allow the deceitfulness of riches to get into his way for Christ's kingdom to quote and apply the parable of the sower to Jairus. To Jairus. Think about this man. He is showing no regard to his religious and social status. He has his priorities in the right place. Faith. Faith in the power and authority of Jesus. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. 
Come on, Pastor Bill. (laughs) Jairus is like many others Mark portrays in seeking the healing power of Jesus. This is not an expression of saving faith. He seeks healing for his daughter like many others. He is just healing with, he is just, he just wants healing without the spiritual commitment of saving faith in the divine son of God and his kingdom. Well, congregation, the flow of the text and the Greek text does not support that position. Rather, Jairus is the testimony of what saving faith looks like in the church of Jesus Christ. To repeat and make fresh in your mind, we noted that the woman, a religious and social outcast, with a bleeding disorder, her saving faith is persistent and determined It is a persistent and determined faith to touch Jesus, knowing that if she can just touch his garments, she will be made well. In Jairus, a different character of saving faith is portrayed for us in terms of Mark's arrangement of the text. Notice how we read. Do you remember the sandwich illustration? We started out with the outside loaf there at the beginning with Jairus. Then in the middle is the woman. The process is interrupted. Then as we read the text, the last part of the the bread on the outside is the Jairus narrative once again. Before us is this man of religious and social prestige coming to Jesus, pleading that Jesus would come to lay hands on his terminally ill daughter. While Jairus' initial request to Jesus will now be put to the test. It will be put to his patience And it will be put to repeated testing. Will his faith persevere as roadblocks and challenges arise? There are at least three notable challenges that arise from his initial coming to Jesus Christ. First, As we note his initial plea to Jesus to come and lay hands on his dying daughter, Jesus decides to go with him to his house. Verse 24 of our text. His daughter needs immediate attention. They need to get to Jairus' house promptly. She's dying. She's dying. Suddenly this woman in the crowd touches Jesus in which the divine power of Jesus is released to heal the woman's ailment. This interruption 
en route, en route to Jairus' house may prove to be a crucial delay in getting to his daughter. Jesus needs to keep moving. We need to get to the house. On the other hand, perhaps seeing that what Jesus just did for the woman could provide optimism for his own daughter. Now that Jesus has called the woman his daughter, a daughter of the kingdom of God, it is now time to care for Jairus' own biological daughter. Note the parallel in the text. The daughter, daughter. Does the interruption, the delay bring another unforeseen challenge to his faith? Yes, it does. The second challenge is upon us. Jairus is presented with a shocking test of faith. While Jesus is still speaking to the woman, some come from Jairus' house to tell him that his daughter is now dead. She's died. Interestingly, Jesus has just adopted the woman as a daughter in his spiritual kingdom. And now Jairus' natural daughter is dead. Another interesting parallel. Jairus' daughter is 12 years old. The woman suffered for 12 years. Well, notice that those coming from Jairus' house provide the same title that the disciples did when they woke Jesus at the violent storm at sea. Teacher, teacher. As the disciples were still not clear about the divine power, authority, and identity of Jesus on the boat. Likewise, those from Jairus' house viewed Jesus as nothing more than a teacher, a schoolmaster. They do not possess one thought that Jesus has the power to confront the hostility of death at its core. There is just no need anymore to bother Jesus, who is the teacher. Who is the teacher? Congregation, keep your eyes focused upon Jesus. Are you listening? Are you listening to the object of saving faith. Jesus does not address those who call him teacher. 
Rather, he addresses, notice in the text, Jairus alone in verse 36. Do not fear, only believe. In this brief phrase, there are two imperatives. And they convey the idea that Jairus needs to continue with the same saving faith that initially brought him to Jesus. Do not be anxious. Do not be apprehensive. Have the fear of reverence that you are in the presence of the divine Son of God. And that you need to continue to trust in his power. Continue to believe, to have faith, if you will, that even the dead obey his voice. This is a further challenge to your faith. And you need to persevere in your faith. So Jesus only takes Peter, James, and John with him to Jairus' house. Verse 37. Now comes the third challenge to Jairus' faith. As he enters his house, the scene is understandable. Commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. Verses 38 and 39. Indeed, this precious young girl has died, has died. Jairus rocks right into this environment. Is he going to hold on to the words that Jesus said to him? The weeping, the wailing, the sobbing, the commotion is all around him. Can he hold on to? Do not fear. Only believe. Well, Jesus does not only challenge Jairus, but he challenges everyone in the house with quite an astounding, Question and statement. Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. Verse 39. <laughs> now there's a reaction. <laughs> All of a sudden, the commotion and the weeping is now turning in a way that what are they doing? What does the text say? They says that they laughed at Jesus. <laughs> they laughed at Jesus. So Jesus removes himself from their unbelief and takes only Jairus his wife and his three disciples to where the child is. Verse 40. 
Congregation, do not allow your mind to stumble on the word sleeping. A word that can be used for death. The girl's death is real. We have already pointed that out in terms of the Greek text. But Jesus' use of the term here for death is to point that her death is transitory. Temporary. Fleeting. Because the final giver of life from the hostility of death is now in their presence. Jesus is going to vindicate Jairus' saving faith as operative. Jairus' faith is a living faith and trust in the one who conquers death. Jesus applies resurrection language that will describe his own resurrection to the little girl. I say to you, arise. Verse 41. And what happens? What happens? Here is Mark's key word. Immediately, immediately, she got up and walked. And those in the room were immediately overcome with amazement. Verse 42. If you wish, essentially, this is Mark's Lazarus story. In his gospel narrative. Here is the picture of saving faith. In the life of a true believer. Jairus endures through the obstacles. The challenges that the Lord's providence brings before him. Likewise. Likewise we must endure in patience and perseverance during various trials, temptations, and seeming roadblocks, keeping our eyes focused upon the object of our saving faith, Jesus, and our ears attentive and glued to his abiding word so that you will see and participate yourself at the last day The voice of Jesus saying to all who are his, Arise from your body of decay and enter eternally into the eternal kingdom that never ceases. At that point, those outside the room, those who do not believe, will be silent before the gospel, the good news, since they never came to Jesus in repentance and faith. A living, saving faith for the church is clearly before you in this text. Is 
your life focused upon the victory, the resurrection victory of Jesus over sin and death? Is your life focused upon your daily walk, the daily life in Christ's church, which ends with resurrection glory before our eternal life giver, Jesus. We are not talking here. We're not talking here about touched by an angel. We are literally talking about the touch of the divine power authority and sovereign divine person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the good news. In the fifth chapter of Mark, Mark has presented the incredible, incredible benefits of Christ's person and the kingdom of God in transforming the unclean in the Jewish tradition to the clean. The man with the unclean spirit throwing legion into the unclean pigs. The touching of an unclean woman and the touch upon the dead who are viewed in the Jewish tradition, as unclean. In the words of the Apostle Paul, the resurrection of the little girl declares to those who put their faith in Jesus that death is swallowed up in victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Indeed, the fifth chapter ends with the consummation, the consummation of saving, believing faith, resurrection from the dead. Christ has cleansed, Christ has destroyed. Every hostility to his person and his kingdom forever. Abide in Christ. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we ask and bow before thee this day as we see this most glorious picture of saving faith. Yes, our days are interrupted with trials, temptations, and we ask, O oh Lord, that we would persevere through your grace by thy Spirit, in a faith that is completely, 
completely devoted and focused upon our Savior. Give us the strength of thy redemption in him in our daily walk. In Christ's name, amen.